Well, again, good morning and happy Father's Day. So the other day I was out um, in my living room working on my computer up early, and, and I, I hear the words, Daddy, 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 Daddy. Now, usually when our youngest wakes up in the morning, he's always going, Mommy, Mommy, he's hollering for Mommy. So I get all excited, and I go in there uh, and say to him, Good morning, Grayson. And he's all excited that I arrived. And he promptly says, can you go get mommy? So there you go. I know where, you know, where I'm at on that totem pole uh, for our families. But, you know, as we uh, get into this morning, let's talk about the perception of fathers on Father's Day. Because recently a LifeWay research, you know, they polled Protestant pastors in the United States about church attendance. And not surprisingly, you know, Easter and Christmas Eve and Mother's Day, they all top the list of best attended services during the year. At the bottom of the list was Independence Day and unfortunately Father's Day. As a matter of fact, most people don't even, uh, most people can't even tell you when Father's Day is. Why has this once anticipated day to honor fathers become more, you know, like a little footnote in the church, and especially when it comes to church attendance. Well, maybe this illustration will help you. I'm sure many, if not all of you, have seen the movie Forrest Gump. I, I, I'm dating myself. You know, we think of it as, as a great movie, but it, it was pretty far back, you know, early 90s. But Forrest was a simple man with a naive nature, and it led him to make some rather wise observations during the movies. One of the most uh, powerful scenes is when Forrest is visiting Lieutenant Dan in the hospital. After saving his life on the battlefield when he was severely wounded and carrying him back, and you know, uh, you, you might remember the scene. In the fit of rage, Lieutenant Dan, whose legs were torn, uh, torn apart and both amputated, just grabs Forrest and pulls him down on the floor because he's angry with him. Why? Because Lieutenant Dan insists he was supposed to die on the battlefield just like the rest of the men in his family had done in previous wars. And Forrest's actions had robbed him of his destiny. And he screams at Forrest and he says, Look at me! I used to be Lieutenant Dan uh, Dan Taylor! Forrest looks at Lieutenant Dan and makes a simple yet powerful statement when he says, You still are Lieutenant Dan. Lieutenant Dan is, is a little like us. Often we can identify our, our really our identity can be you know defined by what others tell us about who we are and what our destiny should be. The challenge is that too often we listen to those others and get wrapped up in, in their visions for us to the point where we kind of lose our way, we lose our footing. You know, there's another road that we should be traveling. But we can't locate it because someone changed the signpost to the identity road that we should be on. Men, we have an identity issue. The world, especially Hollywood, depicts us as self-centered couch potatoes. Where we're always looking to, to party and play video games all day long, you know. Shrinking all of our responsibilities along the way. But despite the fact that many of us have fallen for that misrepresentation, there are many good men out there who are great dads, who have embraced their God-given role of fatherhood 
and making an impact on the lives of their own children and helping them build you know, and live successful lives. Now you've all heard the, you know, the old adage, nothing breeds success like success, and we often kind of chuckle at this, but the truth of the statement is obvious. Success is not often achieved alone. A successful person usually you know, achieves success because someone else in their life has been cheering them on, been, been ready there, been whispering in their ear that they can do it and loving them through the most difficult times that are necessary to shape the skills of each successful person. See, the reality is often... Uh, we we often achieve success not for the sake of success itself, but for the sake of those who inspired us, those who believed in us, and those who, who loved us to care enough to invest in our lives. To be truly valued, success must be shared. So let's create another adage to the above statement. Behind every successful child is a good dad. What, what fathers say will often determine their child's way. I mean, do you need proof of this? The one common denominator of many society ills, you know, pornography, uh, human trafficking, abortion, rape, murder, alcoholism, teen suicide, incarceration, it can all be traced back to absentee fathers. You know, the, the U.S. Department of Health indicates that about 63% of youth suicides are from the fatherless home. And that 90% of all the homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes also. Not only that, but the Centers of, uh, for Disease Control and Prevention suggest that 85% of all children who show behavioral disorders come from father, uh, fatherless homes. And the International Journal of Criminal Justice, of all things, and, and behavior states that 80% of rapists with anger problems come from homes where the father is absent. You see what my point here? Fatherless homes contribute to the national dropout rate among high school students also, revealing that 71% of all high school dropouts come from homes where a father is absent. I mean, from these statistics... It's easy to see that men who, who have abdicated their, their role as fathers is the single most problem in society today. Without a doubt, the greatest father-child relationship is between the God the Father and, the, and His Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus sums up this relationship best in John 3.16, which you know, may be the most familiar Bible, I mean, verse in the Bible. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that who, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. This verse is not just about salvation or the offer of eternal life. Because if we stop there, we miss another significant uh, you know, portion of this verse. A more careful study reveals something deeper. And that deeper uh, thing is about the nature of God and his love that as, fa- as a father that we would you know, do well to heed. Simply, fatherly love gives. For God so loved the world that he gave. In order to, you know, in order to, to best express you know, itself, love must give. In fact, 
It is not love that is self-contained. Jesus warns us that hoarding things for ourselves is not just selfish, but it's so unlike God. If we seek to become more like him, then we must give just as he gave. And when he, you know, when we give ourselves, we parallel the actions of the Father. We start becoming more like him who gave himself because his nature demanded it. God loved his creation so much to such a degree that he was willing to sacrifice his son in order to reclaim it, to have that relationship. What a great lesson to impart upon us. Sacrifice is part of being a good father. As fathers, our love for our children will always be there. To remind them that that someone really knows them, someone cares for them, and someone loves them unconditionally. The father's love gives and does so sacrificial, uh, sacrificially. You know, I believe in this congregation, we have men who embrace the role of a biblical dad. But maybe, just maybe, some of you might have failed in this area or, or, or kind of tripped up in this area. But the good news is that there's always time to change. Let me encourage you to do that today with the wisdom found in 1 Corinthians 16, verses 13 and 14. It says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. These verses reveal five elements of the Christian fatherhood. First off, we need to be alert. To be alert means to be watchful, to be, con- you know, to be careful, to consider all, par- uh, all possible circumstances and consequences. We as dads need to build a strong inner circle of godly men where we can be held accountable and that we can draw wisdom from them. 1 Peter uh, uh, 5.8 says, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy is like a, like a devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Therefore, be strong. Secondly, we need to stand firm in the faith. If I ask you what you believed, you know, You'd be probably, you know, have a quick answer to that. But if I ask you why you believed what you believed, could you back up those beliefs? I mean, most men would kind of, uh, kind of have to think about it. It's hard to stand firm about what you believe when you don't know why you believe it. The best way to know why you believe what you believe is to get into God's word and apply it every day. Thirdly. We need to be courageous. Living the, the Christian life is not for cowards. Doing what is right requires courage. You know, one of the things that my father taught me growing up is right is right and wrong is wrong. And doing what, re, you know, doing what is right requires that courage. Our kids are looking at us and studying us to see if we're really going to protect them, see if we're going to lead them and going to love them. But also, are we doing what's right? Because if they see us doing what's wrong then the goalposts change for them. They're like, well, if he can do that wrong, then I can do, and it leads down a path, a path of destruction. Fourthly, we need to be strong. Paul's, you know, Paul's command to be strong refers to an inner strength. You may call it a moral strength or, or a moral courage. It means standing up for what is right, even if it means risking what you have or even what you own in life. There's a great you know, line in the movie Range Wars starring Kevin Costner and uh, Robert Duvall, I think it is. 
They're standing up to the bad guys who had outnumbered them like five to one. And Costner is asked a question by someone fearful of all the violence, whether he, you know, Costner, uh, in that role is afraid to die, which will probably be the end result if they stand up against these bad guys, to which Costner responds, there are things that God a man's soul worse than dying. We have to be careful. We have to be grave. We have to be able to stand up for these things. There's things that are worse, you know, that gnaw at a man's soul that's worse than dying. And are you willing to stand up for what you truly believe in or not? Fifthly, do everything in love. You know, this can be a tough one for for guys since, after all, we're, we're taught from little kids to be tough. Stop crying. Toughen up. Come on, take a deep breath. You can do it. Not showing our emotions or admitting to, to any weakness whatsoever, but doing everything in love means we care about the other person and how our actions will affect them. Loving kids through action. You know, my family and I, we like to go to the coast as, as a family. The only problem is I'm used to the warm waters of Hawaii. So when we get to Morro Bay or Pismo, I mean, the water's cold. I mean, I can't tell you how cold the water is. Well, a couple of years ago, we bought a, a you know bought Brandon a wetsuit to to wear. Grayson's not old enough to to get really deep in the water yet, but Brandon just loves it. Learns to you know boogie board and skim board and all that. He just loves doing that that water stuff. But but he keeps asking me to go out there with him. But the water is stinking cold. So I finally you know broke down and bought a wetsuit. I mean because. It's cold. Now, in a wetsuit, unfortunately, I look like a beached well. I'm not going to show you any pictures. In fact, I told my wife, don't take any pictures when I have the wetsuit on. But he really wanted me to join him. So I made myself really uncomfortable looking like a beached well so I could join him in the water. Loving through action. Because it's not always about me. I mean... I like to think it's about me, but it's not. It's about the love that a father has for his kids. Today, if you haven't told your children that you love them, why not plan to do that before the day is over? Today, instead of looking for a gift, you know, give a gift. The gift of encouragement. The gift of blessing your kids. Yes, it's your day, but Dad, I promise you that a gift of blessing you give today will bless you much, much more than getting a, a little small gift or something. It may, be, it may very well be the, the one thing your child needs to hear that can change their whole life. Let me end with this illustration before we play a video. In the movie Jingle All the Way, Arnold Schwarzenegger plays a a dad who is consumed with building his business and focusing on himself, and that he continually misses all these family events and, and, and breaks multiple promises to his young, impressionable son. In the midst of the, the latest debacle in the movie, in a debacle, one of the things that he desperately is seeking is a Turbo Man doll, you know, to give to his son for Christmas. And he gets into this whole heap of trouble only to miraculously find himself actually playing Turbo Man in a Christmas Day parade. At the parade, his son 
Jamie gets into an altercation with, a, with, with Dementor, an evil rival uh, of Turbo Man. And the whole crowd thinks it's part of this show, but Dementor's goal is to snatch the Turbo Man doll, which Jamie has just won, and give it to his own son. The movie reaches its climax when Schwarzenegger rises to the occasion and saves the day and his son at the same time. Unaware that Turbo Man is actually his dad, Jamie tells him how cool it would be, um, you know, how everything, it's really awesome to be with Turbo Man, but he only wishes his dad was there to see him. Well, of course, that's when Turbo Man, you know, takes off his helmet and reveals his true identity, and Jamie and his son are elated. And the final scene shows Schwarzenegger being carried off as a hero and Jamie screaming at the top of his lung, That's my dad! That's my dad! Gentlemen, if you've never heard your child speak these words, remember this. Do not let yesterday define you. Rather, let today transform you. The truth is our kids want to stand up and shout, that's my dad. The transformation starts, uh, you know, with a, with a powerful and personal relationship with our Heavenly Father. Once we attain that, once we, we start down that path, a relationship that transform, uh, you know, transforms us and the people, you know, your life uh, touches, remember, life is God's gift to you. And the legacy you leave is the gift to him. Now let's get out there and proclaim this to the world, this truth, that the gospel by pointing uh, you know, to the creator and saying, that's my dad. So we need to remember a few things. To be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, and do everything in love. So we need to be on our, uh, be on our guard, to be alert, to protect our family from this world. We need to stand firm in the faith. Know what you believe and why you believe it. And your kids will, will, you know, will learn how to do the same thing because they're watching you. We need to be courageous. We need to live a life for God. If you do, then our kids will do the same. We need to be strong. We need to stand up for what is right in this world. If you do, then your kids will stand up and fight for what's right in this world. And lastly, we need to do everything in love. Don't just provide for your family. Live a life of love. Hug your kids. Tell them how much you love them. It will do a world of good for them. And this is what our Father in Heaven did for us. He didn't just save us. He loved us. Now, I know today's a, a short message, and a gift to me as a father, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> you know. But as we pray together, I have a video to show you that's really a powerful video, and it, and it was from several years ago, but it was really, really a, a, a great video. So I want you to stay tuned and, and watch it with us. But I, I want to encourage you to develop that relationship with God and then turn around and develop that relationship with your child. You will not regret that you put the time, effort, and energy into your kids and loving them. But one last thing, don't just stop at doing things for your kids. Tell them you love them. It will change their lives if you continually do that. The love of the Father is an amazing thing. We emulate our Father in heaven by the way he talks to us so we can talk to our children the same way. Let's pray. 
Lord, we just, we become, you know, we come before you as humble men, as men who oftentimes we're supposed to know what to do, but we don't always know what to do. Lord, I pray that, uh, that we get encouragement from you, that we come to you to begin with, that we come to you for, for our strength. We come to you for our foundation and that we impart that upon our children. That then they, they not only say, that's my dad, but they emulate us. They do the th- same as us. They, they follow our footsteps. And we pray that our footsteps go the right direction. Mold us and guide us. Bring others around us to, to, to direct us, to get us back on the path when needed. Help us look you know, and seek those who can who encourage us and be around us and point us to God also. We need that strength from, from others, Lord, and we, we ask that you provide that. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine down upon you, and may you have a wonderful Father's Day. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.